Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are myself, Garrett Wong, and of course, my co-host, Robert Duncan McNeil. And remember, you can get the full version of this podcast by signing up to become a Patreon patron at patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers. Well, hello there, Garrett. How are you today? I'm okay, Robbie. Um, Is it snowy in your neck of the woods? The temperature right now is like right on the border. So it was kind of Uh, flurries this morning. Now it's kind of wet, but I think it's going to get cold tonight. We're going to have a couple days of a bunch of snow, which will be fun. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty when it's snowing up. It is. It is. It's it's pretty uh, covered, well covered here in Calgary. And it is Mm -hmm. currently snowing as I talk right now Mm -hmm. to you. I can look out of the window from my to my right and I can see it's it's not really a whiteout, but it definitely looks it's coming down pretty heavy so well it's funny because yeah. I can look behind you and I see the windows outside and it looks like <laughs> stars it look it doesn't look like it's snowing at yeah, all yeah no no that's you know what I <laughs> in forgot. the ready I'm room in background that you I'm have. in the delta quadrant what am I thinking yes in my in the captain's ready room and what yeah. what do you have behind you I have an image I found online, which I just thought was cool. It was like kind of a close-up of, I think, the bridge from the outside. Right. So it's kind of a tighter shot of the ship with dramatic kind of sunset lighting. Oh, okay. I just thought it was cool. It looks like it was when we landed the ship on that planet. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it may be from that episode. Okay. But it's cool. Yeah. Well, for those of you who are listening to our free version or those of you who are Patreon patrons at the Ensign level, just so you know, if you move to Lieutenant level, you get to see all our wonderful backgrounds behind us that we All the things we we describe, you then get to look at like the JC Shipper t-shirt I wore last time. That you talked about in the last episode. Yeah. I have my standard Delta Flyers crew member shirt on. What t-shirt are you wearing underneath that jacket? (laughs) Are you not wearing? This is a company called Indestructible. It's kind of like a, a motorcycle wear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought you were about to say I'm like not it. wearing any T-shirt, and then you would unzip and you would just show me your hairy chest. My but hairy chest. You didn't chest. do that. You didn't do that. My so. chest is not as hairy these days as it was when we did Voyager. Clearly, because there were a couple of episodes you you <laughs> commented on it where you were like, "You have the hair coming out over your collar there." Well, it was high. I you're, know it, when you <laughs> when you were a young man, it came up so high. Your hairline going was, on. It's sort of like high tide and low tide. It was high tide when you were young, and now it's low tide. Yeah, it's, like it doesn't it's all go moved up to, your... to my face. <laughs> it's all, it's all that chest hair. It migrated now... to your your chin and your 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 mustache area. Yeah. Okay, so would you say that it begins mid? Uh, no, it's definitely close to your neck still, right? I mean, Where, my chest be. hairs. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I, I don't feel like anything's changed there. I don't know why it just looked that way. <laughs> on some episodes my yeah. face has changed a lot i mean nobody recognizes me no these days that's true from that's star true. trek zero even people. even people you work with i know that there's you've told me there's been co-workers that after working with you for x amount of days months they go wait a minute wait a minute you were on voyager like that right they do yeah. that to you yeah. and you're like Cause, yeah because they don't recognize <laughs> me from 
how I look because no. I always wear a baseball cap. Yeah. Um, you have glasses especially on? when I'm working. You I wear glasses? glasses now. I wasn't yeah. wearing glasses during Voyager. I didn't start wearing glasses till my mid forties. We have these things called sides. Yeah. Uh, so when you're filming, they'll print out a very small version of the pages of the script that Correct. you're filming that day. And they Correct. call them sides. Mm -hmm. And you take those sides and fold them up, stick them in your pocket. So you can refer to it throughout the day. Yep. Um, but I found because they were shrunk a little smaller, like half size that I was reading the sides and then I was moving them a little further and a little <laughs> further and a little further until my arm got to the end. And, but those little sides, I was like, I can't read. I could not get far enough away Wow. to read them. And then I, I was like, I, and then I got readers magnifier, yeah. you know, just drugstore readers. Right. And that worked for a while, but then I was like, just get the uh, dang prescription. I just gotta, yeah. Yeah. You're farsighted then, I'm guessing. I don't understand. The well, okay, terms. so near nearsighted is this. If you're holding those little sides, you have yeah. to bring them closer and closer and closer to be able to see them nope. without glasses. And pulling pushing them further and further away means you're farsighted. So I guess so. I do have a prescription. These my glasses mm -hmm. um, are progressives, right? So the yeah. top half is one prescription for distance, which is not a big prescription. And then my my reading portion on the bottom of these glasses is a oh, much stronger. So they're they're bifocals then. Yeah, these right? are bifocals got, basically. Okay. Oh, yeah. all right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so no one recognizes you with nope that going on. So. And the big beard, which I'm working on, I'm really yeah. trying to get it. I got some nice beard wax today. I'm back in the beard, <laughs> back in the beard game for real. I'm gonna go long with it. We'll see how long we go. Back in the beard game. My goodness. You know? Oh, if I could only grow up what you have, I'd be happy, but I, I can't even come close to that. It's just such a joke. It really is. It's so scraggly, but you know, this is, this is what I was born into. I was I think born it, into the thing sparse, about beards, Garrett, yeah. the thing about beards is you got to start and try and it takes practice. Cause my first beard oh. was all splotchy. And then was it? I just had to keep, I feel like once you let it grow and then you let it grow a while and then you shave it and you, and you let it go a while again, it starts oh. kind of filling itself in. Maybe that's oh, wow. just my, maybe that's my imagination. Probably. I, no, is. I think you're, no, I think you might be right, but I think that's probably not for Asian people though. Maybe not. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm, right now, you just, the uh, technique will I, not I, work. I saw one guy, one guy in my entire life that had a full beard like yours and that was asian and i actually stopped him this is a total stranger i stopped him i go sir uh, may i take a photo of your beard and he looked at me like i was crazy i said you do understand that's the fullest beard on an asian person that i've ever, seen. ever seen i said are you are you 100 asian he goes yeah i said is everyone in your family like that he goes no I'm the only person who has this. I said, yeah, like some recessive gene. Yeah, I go, where is this from? I go, this is like a Viking beard. It was just, wow. oh, it was so full. And, Sounds awesome. And I was so jealous. And I thought, mm. oh, I thought, boy, if I could grow that out like that. Mm. Yeah. All someday, right. someday. Someday. It's never too late to maybe try when, new yeah. things, Gary. Maybe when I grow never up, Robbie. When I grow exactly. up, I'll try. When you grow up. <laughs> um, this week's episode, are you yes. ready to go watch this? Yes, I am. Okay. What is what is the name of it? It's called Unforgettable. Oh yeah, that's yes. Right. Do you remember last you week, sang? I sang at the a end of last because I asked you to sing because I always love to hear. I you couldn't sing your remember voice. that song, so I went after our podcast last time. Did you and look put it, it up? on Spotify? Oh, to play it because I was and, and I was like, oh, I was all off with my Were words you? and my tune a little oh. bit. Yeah, 
Okay. Yeah. So can you do the whole first one now? Maybe, maybe we'll <laughs> get there. Maybe we'll get there. All right. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Okay. Let's go watch this episode and we will be right back with our recap and discussion of Unforgettable. For all of our Patreon patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus material. Hey, everyone. We are back from watching Unforgettable in every, in every way. Okay. Okay. Um, nice. <laughs> Uh, we should add singing to every episode. We really mostly should. you, mostly you, but you know, nah, I'll, I'll direct. No, nah, we'll let's do it. We'll sing. do duets. It'll be great. Okay, that'll be fun. Uh, all right. Well, uh, let us start as we normally do, and I'm going to begin with my haiku of unforgettable. Okay. Here we go. Poetry time. Poetry yep. time. It is ready. Okay. My haiku for unforgettable. Mystery woman returns to rekindle love. Kerneth spoils the day. That's that good. Damn Kerneth. Damn Kerneth. you, Kerneth. Damn him. Ooh. All right, oh. let's hear that limerick. All right, here, here we go. Uh, there's a beautiful haiku, by the way. Loved Thank it. you, sir. And anytime you can get a Kerneth in a haiku, <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, it's a major accomplishment. Yes. So, excellent. All right. Okay, here we go with our limerick. <clears throat> I can't wait. For Unforgettable. Mm. Chakotay was in love, but then he forgot. Kellen tells the story of how she got caught. She came back for him. Things start to look grim. Then she forgets. And that's the plot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, good job. I always... It's usually after your second verse of the limerick yeah. that I have to squelch a laugh <laughs> that is coming up from the depths of my soul. I, yeah. And I sit there and I go, don't laugh, don't laugh, don't ruin it, don't ruin it. And I, I, I always laugh. Limericks are fun. Limericks they're are just, so they're fun. fun poetry. Yes, yes. And yeah. you're a fun guy. So that Thanks, compared buddy. with the fun poetry makes yeah. extra fun is what it is. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. All right. Let's jump right into this. Okay. So uh, Unforgettable, uh, the script is written by Greg Elliott and Michael Pericone. Pericone? Is it Pericone or is it Pericone? I don't know. I was going to ask you, do you know these writers? These were outside I know, writers. No, I don't know no. either of these gentlemen. Greg Elliott and Michael Pericone. Mm. Yeah. Don't know. Don't don't know him. And I had no clue that this was the second Andrew Robinson directed episode. I don't Blood remember. Fever. I know, but I wasn't there for that one. Oh. Remember, that was my my exile. So I so oh. I, for me, I thought I never worked with Andrew, and then Bing, here he is there again. He is. And I love yeah. Andrew Robinson. I, I do really, too. I he's really awesome. Do. He was what so a, good with actors. Oh my gosh, he's such yes. Not only is he good with actors, but he's just a great person period yeah, to talk agreed. to he's such a, a wonderful person to have a conversation with and he's just yep. so easygoing you know yeah, he's just one agreed. of those dudes you want to hang out with and have a beer with period yeah so yeah yeah he did a great job our guest stars i was right virginia madsen you this were right one. i you can't called believe it. it you called it virginia and, madsen was in this uh yeah. playing kellen now mm. A lot of people know who she is, but just uh, for those that don't, uh, Virginia Madsen was born in Chicago, Illinois, Mm -hmm. and she is best known uh, for her Academy Award and Golden Globe nominated role in Sideways, the movie Sideways, which is one of my favorite films of all time. I love the movie Sideways. Interesting. Um, 
Yeah. You know, I did like that film, but I would not say that that is what I would consider her best known role. Oh, really? Yeah. Like for me, when I first saw her work was the original Dune. Yeah, she was in the original. She plays the young princess in that. And when she showed up on set, I was, you know, a little nervous around her. I was like, oh, my gosh, there she is. And my memory is a little, you know, faulty because I thought I had zero scenes with this this actress with Virginia, but I did have a scene with her. Yeah. In Astrometrics with seven and nine. So that was my scene. I had no recollection of that. What else I know about Virginia Madsen, you know, I always like to go back and see what their very first job was. Oh yeah. What was it? So Virginia Madsen's very first job uh, that I could find was a movie called Class. Class. You know this movie, Class, 1983? Give me other people that are in this film. Uh, well, some of the people in it are Huge. Andrew McCarthy. Yes, Rob Andrew McCarthy. Lowe, Rob Lowe. Jacqueline Bissett. Yes. John Cusack. Yes, Alan yes, Ruck. yes, yes. It's a, it's a private school, kind of one of those 80s teen comedies mm-hmm. where I think Andrew McCarthy goes to some fancy private school. He mm-hmm. ends up uh, off on a night on the town, meets this older woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, spends the night with her turns out to be his best it's, friend in private school's mom right so that's right it was a which yeah. you know happens all the time yeah uh <laughs> right it's just yeah, a, yeah that scenario always happens classic right? 80s film but class was yeah. her very first uh job she was oh. one of the i think the private school students okay uh one of the kids there with yeah. uh, rob Lowe and john cusack and, yep. Ron Rock and the whole yep. gang so mm-hmm. yeah. what about uh, michael michael canavan uh, as Kerneth, who was in they your could have haiku. Just, yeah, they could have just used his last name as his alien name. Canavan. Canavan. Yes. How yes. dare you use that neurolytic emitter, Canavan. Kerneth. Exactly. Almost. All right, tell me about Canavan. Michael is from Portsmouth, Virginia. That's where mm-hmm. he was born. Okay. His very first job that I could find, he's yeah. done a ton of work. Yeah. I think Virginia Madsen's done like 150 roles or something in shows. Uh, at least, yes. And I think Michael's also done like 50 tv shows and okay movies and things yeah his very first job was in the tv series dallas oh my that goodness I now he Ooh. may have there's a little conflict he may have done a tv movie called born to be sold with linda carter mm. around the same time so not sure mm. whether dallas or the classic tv movie born to be sold with linda carter was uh his first job <laughs> okay so michael okay. canavan uh as has been around for a long time is what we're yeah. saying then. yes okay okay cool so we had some veterans on this episode. we did we had some right. vets so we get into the story first scene opens yeah. on the bridge with a nice long opening shot it's and you and me harry, harry with a monologue yeah you have <laughs> this rambling techno babble monologue which was all to set up chakotay's joke of like <laughs> of like yeah. you just give me the give me the, the yeah, skinny yeah. right get yeah, to the yeah. point right get to the point. Ra- who else can ramble with techno babble other than harry yes. right harry's the yes. one that rambles were you impressed with the techno babble i was there? very impressed <laughs> with it. you were rattling it off it was really good the okay, three of us standing there yeah. and a different kind of shot up on yeah. the bridge to open yeah. it up yep and then paris and then at the end basically harry says you know, uh, we've been collecting deuteri- deuterium and our, our, you know, scanners are full. You know, I may be able to 
recalibrate things and and get but basically we're we got a full tank right now yeah is, but is I, well, i'm kind of saying i'm not sure if it's completely full or not because of the modifications she made and i just need to realign my sensors with sevens and then yeah. of course you come up with your little your little we're line working with oh, seven you're gonna realign your sensors with sevens sounds like fun <laughs> is what you did yeah paris teases and that was funny you made me did. laugh you did. there's a little ship shake and then we're like yep. what's that yeah, we get these proton surges. We don't see any ships out there. We don't know what's nope. going on. Mm-mm. We're hit with proton particle charges. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We realize ultimately that there's two cloaked ships, and we're caught in a battle between these two cloaked ships. We're caught yeah. in the middle. Yeah, Janeway enters from her ready room, and she's uh, she's asked Seven to scan from astrometrics to see what we can do. And Seven says, "Hey, it's two cloaked ships engaged in battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, one ship explodes, and we temporarily see the remaining ship for a few seconds, and then it." recloaks disappears yeah. yeah but then we hear this voice we hear a voice Chakotay. Chakotay. i need your help help me obi-wan it was a very you know um very like mysterious. intimate kind of like she you knew like immediately you, that, yeah how does she know his how does name? she know his name and mm-hmm. it sounds it sounds personal it sounds very and you personal. could see as a jc shipper myself yes i could see janeway's expression when she heard that voice and she looked she, over she wasn't happy. <laughs> she she was jealous already. Oh yeah, it was on. Oh, um, and then the credits come on. And by the way, I noticed mm. Virginia Madsen's credit. It said special guest appearance by Virginia Madsen. Yeah, why don't you talk and about then, that? Talk about that for a second. Well, well, you know, usually in these credits, um, you know, the credits are pretty standard. It's either mm-hmm. you know. Um, guest star or it doesn't even have a it'll just have your name right. it's called the opening titles and so you'll Correct. you get a single card with your name meaning mm-hmm. your name alone on the screen for a second mm-hmm. and then it goes away right and that's usually all that's there yeah. but um in this situation because she had a lot of credits and she was a known actress they gave her a much more highlighted um credit there with her name special guest appearance Mm -hmm. so that's unusual we didn't usually do that i also find that at least back in the 90s that sometimes when agents are negotiating the deal for their client sometimes you know the production company really doesn't have as much money as the as the agent would want their client to be paid and so in return the production company will say okay we can't pay her or him what you know yeah, what, you, what want, you want but we will give you this yeah. extra special title card and it's kind of like a uh, you know it's just a it's just a way of making an acknowledgement an, an acknowledgement that the actor yeah. is is at this extra high level or it has yeah. more a veteran status right yeah. so yeah. so that you'll see that every now and then yeah. so yeah but yeah. but at least on voyager you don't normally see that at all. No, no, it's very unusual. It's very unusual. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we detect a life sign over there. We try to beam her aboard. Captain says beam her to sick bay, but we can't, we can't beam her over. Harry can't get a lock on her because every time he locks onto her, the lock dissipates. It just, it stops, which is very strange. Yeah. Yeah. So Chakotay goes over there to try to rescue her Mm -hmm. and he takes Tuvok and Paris with him. Hey, you actually you made the away team. I made the away team. I know. After that, unlike last episode, yeah. And you weren't even asked to be a field medic on this away team. No, no, I I got to be just a regular away team. Regular away team, dude. Yeah. Yep. 
yeah, so we they beam over there, beam onto the ship. And I got to say, when we beam onto that ship, it looked good. Like the, the wreckage and everything, yeah. the lighting. Yeah. You even saw the view screen of that of that alien ship with mm-hmm. the bridge. Mm-hmm. It looked big. The amount of scenes on yeah. the ship, which wasn't very much, it yeah. felt like they, they really... Um, created a big set maybe there were some visual effects involved but it it looked cool it looked cool but my only issue was it looked like it it had been damaged for centuries you know there wasn't any really there wasn't any current new like i would have added some sparks like it this is recent damage not damage that has been there do you see see what i'm saying yeah moments ago it was was from the battle she was just (laughs) in there there has to be some smoking embers or something to show that this just happened but it really looked like this had been on for for 10 years that that this damage had happened right so that's my own about it they i mean we learn later they've been chasing her for a while she's been trying to get away Yes, so maybe true. a lot of that damage has happened earlier but i agree with you it looked I, like it, it was a uh you know dead at sea sh- ship that has yeah, been out there for, yeah. for because months what did we just witness five minutes ago a firefight between these two right yeah, so it, there it had has to be. to be some some residual damage that you that would tell the audience this just happened right so yeah. that's yeah. that's my only only criticism of that other than that it looked amazing but it looked it really cool did. Yeah. Sometimes you go for cool over logical. Mm-hmm. I at least I do sometimes when I'm directing. I'm like, yep. you know what? This may may not make logical sense, but it just looks cool. I'm going to go with that. It did. You know? Agreed. And also, I noticed uh, Andy Robinson was shooting this all handheld on this ship, which reminded me that Andy Robinson really liked handheld. He mm-hmm. liked he liked the quality and the way that that worked with the actors. Well, maybe so as an Marvin. actor. Marvin, yeah, Marvin, our DP, loved, loved handheld as well. And yeah. he would grab that camera himself. He would yep. <laughs> he'd tell the camera operator, Net, I'm putting that on my shoulders. So he would yep. do it himself. Um, but they search around and Chicote pretty quickly hears her. She's alive under some debris. And he says, I'm going to get this off of you. And, and uh, as soon as I lift it up, you know, scoot right out of there, you know, roll right out of there quickly. He's going to do it with his brute strength. And how big is that ship? Because clearly Tom and Tuvok are off in another part of the ship. Far away. Far, far away. They can't help. So it's like, what? Okay. Yeah. So he, he, she rolls out. And she's hurt. She's hurt pretty bad. He, and he, you know, sees her, goes to her and she sort of passes out and they beam right out. He's going to get her back to the ship. I'm going to stop you right there. Yeah. How did they beam her out? I don't know. That's the thing. They can't lock onto her. How do they well, beam maybe, her? Is it, does maybe it because if Chakotay's touching her, does that mean that the beam the beam out can happen because he's right next to her touching her? they couldn't get a lock on her you before. can't get a lock so on her. It's got to be from him. It's okay. got to be from okay. him. Okay, it has to be from him. But that was yeah. my quick little like, hmm. Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, I had that thought, but I was thinking, well, because he's he's right there with his com badge. They can get a lock on him and okay. he's touching her. And, All right, yeah, I'll, I'll buy that. I'll go. I'll buy that. So we go to sickbay and the doctor scanning her Mm -hmm. and he said, the readings won't stay in the database. Yeah. Which is again, strange disappears. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I loved his line. He says, luckily I'm a master of visual diagnosis. She has a minor concussion and a compound to tibular fracture. (laughs) Luckily he's a master of visual diagnosis. Yeah. Oh, the doctor. 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 He's so know it all. He's a know it all just like seven. Seven just and like the doctor. Seven. Yeah. Totally. He's the computer know it all. So when she regains consciousness, yeah, and she starts talking, she, you know, you have that image of, of 
uh, you see, she sees the doctor, then he kind of fades out. Then she sees Chakotay fades out. Then she sees Janeway. And then she pleads to Janeway. She asks for asylum. Now, the minute she starts speaking, who did that voice remind you of? It reminded me of the actress that was on Unity, the other Chakotay falling in love with an alien episode. I did not make that connection. Totally. What I wrote in my notes was, she sounds like Jennifer Lean Kess. Oh, maybe because she had the ears. Because yeah, and yeah, and the, well, no, yes, the the ears looked like O'Company ears, definitely. A little but bit like O'Company ears. If you she's listen got that to it, soft sort of. She, yeah, she has that sort yeah. of breathy, resonant voice that Kess has, but. You know, it's it's a little bit more mature sounding than than, yeah. than Jennifer. But I definitely heard Jennifer Lean's voice. You no, heard funny. the actress from Unity, which I didn't I, well because it was another Chakotay falling in love with an alien episode. Okay. And I'm like, oh, it sounds like the same <laughs> thing he falls in love with. By the way, the the ears on Virginia Madsen. Yeah. I did a little research after we watched, yeah. and I guess they had originally thought of another makeup for this alien but when virginia madsen was cast yeah we're like we're not going to cover up virginia madsen's face oh like, so this we're okay. bringing virginia Madsen. on we want to see virginia madsen's face so then they decide uh michael westmore said well let's go with the ear thing you know we've done a lot of faces recently anyway so well yeah because if you think about it the last few episodes they've kind of been on this theme of cover like, everything up beauty yeah, and noses the one steph has, yeah. has the multiple nostrils on the top nostrils. of his forehead whatever so they probably were thinking they were in that mode of like yeah let's do the complete prosthetic and yeah. then they realized it was the great virginia, virginia madsen, madsen. They're, yeah they're they're like, like, nope. nah we're gonna show her face yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah by the way there was some shots in the sick bay of her point of view looking up at janeway and the doctor yes. standing over her yeah and they were sort of upside down it was an angle that is a little artsy for us. Like we don't mm -hmm. normally do those kinds of, you know, mm -hmm. uh, straight POVs looking up with the the actor upside down in the frame right. and things like right. that. So I thought that was cool for it Andy cool. Robinson to do something a little a little different and a little more experimental for Agreed. us. Agreed. Yeah, but she wants asylum and Janeway tells Chicote to stay and find out how does this woman know you? <laughs> and again, I felt a little of the JC like Janeway going, Chicotay, what's up here? What have you not told me? There's definitely some vibes. Some vibes for sure. Yeah. I do like Janeway's no-nonsense hair in this episode. It's become yeah. shorter and less quaffed and just sort yeah. of just there. It's it's yeah. ready to to do action. You know, it's just ready to, to she's ready to for be work. a captain. Janeway leaves, Chicotay goes back over to the bed, and the doctor. Gives Chicote an update that you know he's he's uh, healed her a broken leg and mm -hmm. she just needs to rest and she'll be fine. Yeah. And it was an awkward moment because the yeah. doctor's talking and Chicote's just staring down right her off camera. <laughs> I was like, and then the doctor sort of pauses, like, okay, okay, well, uh, I, think, I guess uh, I'll go calibrate uh, some uh, sensors over here. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. But it was weird. I'm like, he was staring off camera, and then when they finally showed. Kellen down there, her eyes were closed. I was like, oh, thank God that he right. wasn't just like staring, staring at, her at her with her, her eyes, eyes open. open. <laughs> thank God her eyes were closed. But she's completely conscious, right? Because that's when she goes, is he gone yet? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
<laughs> oh my goodness and then they talk and uh, mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. well that's this is the time where she explains yes she explains yeah. uh she explains everything to, to or the beginnings of what um she needs to explain to chakotay happens here she says yep. the memories of my people cannot be held in the minds of other races or other species mm-hmm. that people will that they encounter uh and it's rare that they encounter other species but when they do the other species will remember them for a few hours but then the memories slowly fade away to the point where a day later you completely forget that you've come yep. across this this species yep. of uh, aliens and they mm-hmm. say uh, she then tells Chakotay that the reason that this is happening is because their bodies produce a, a type of pheromone which blocks mm-hmm. the long-term memory engrams of others and this basically contributes to the fact that they are impervious to tricorder scans transporter locks you name it they it doesn't work on them which, yep. you know, it, it's a really interesting concept because yeah. we haven't really, I haven't really seen this so far, you no. know, in Star Trek. And, and I thought, wow, this is amazing. Like these guys can't even be scanned. Yeah. Yeah. You can't even, any information that you get off of them won't even stick in it. They're, they're like a non-stick grease pan, you know, is what it yeah. is. Nothing nothing yeah. sticks to it, which is amazing. I, I thought it was yeah, I thought it was a very cool concept. Mm-hmm. The, the idea that, some alien could be impervious yep. to all technology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She does tell him in the scene, she said about a month ago that she was here and they spent uh, uh, several weeks together. She See, says herein lies the problem. Let's do just some simple math here about a month ago. That's four weeks ago, about four weeks ago. And then I spent several weeks here. I know. So that means you, <laughs> how was that possible? Late- Later on uh, in the astrometric, she does say, look at the, at your, at your, uh, you know, your, uh, I forget your navigational logs, navigational yeah. logs. Yeah. Um, you know, look, this proves yeah. we were together for a couple of weeks. So in that yeah. scene, so then she changes of, it as a couple, a couple of weeks, of weeks. <laughs> but, right. uh, but anyway, it does seem legit that she, I mean, she seems convinced that they did, you know, know each other. And right. she says at the end of the scene, she said, I came back because I fell in love with you. Yeah. <gasps> Oh my god. What the heck? The shoe drops. What is happening? Yeah. Oh, every JC shipper, they just their their heart fell into their stomach. I know. They're like, oh, I don't feel good. Yeah. We go to the briefing room from here. Mm -hmm. Chakotay explains uh, what she has said. Yes. That she comes from Remora. 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 Remora, and it's a very closed society, and she wants out of that closed society. Mm -hmm. But Chakotay's not sure. He's very suspicious. He wants to verify her her story. Mm -hmm. And she also told uh, him that there was a computer virus planted on the ship the last time she was here, Mm -hmm. and that would erase all evidence that she was around. She's a tracer, which is a bounty hunter, a type of bounty hunter that tracks down people who try to leave Remora. And mm-hmm. that she had tracked a runaway Remoran that was hiding on Voyager. And Chakotay's still very suspicious. He's right? very so he just says, look, he assigns everybody a job. Go go check out this, this alien story, if this is even making any sense. Yep. So off we go to mm-hmm. Astrometrics. We have seven, Tuvok, and Kellen, who is Virginia, Virginia Madsen's character. And they are now comparing the navigational logs right. um, uh, of Kellen's ship with Voyager's navigational logs. And you, we do see the graphic that, okay, yeah, she did come up, the ship did sort of match yep. course with Voyager and then took off. 
And yep. she says, there you go. That's proof. And Seven's immediately like, well, you could have falsified the navigational logs. Mm -hmm. And Kellen jumps back with, yeah, well, run a diagnostic on my logs and you'll find that they have not been altered. Um, and of course, both Tuvok and Seven are they're very, you know, they're eyeing her with a sideways glance. They're thinking, well, I, we will check that, but you, it just doesn't seem plausible because nobody remembers any of this, right? Yeah. Um, Commander Chakotay's face seemed to flush. Well, Chicote came in while they're doing this. Oh, that's right. And he, Sorry. And he Lame. invites her to the mess hall. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. and so they, they head off they to leave. the mess hall to get some food and chat up some more. He's going to do some investigating. And then as soon as they leave, yeah, Seven says, Chicote blushed when he saw her. Yeah. And uh, Tuvok's, Tuvok's not interested in gossiping. He's no. like, I, I didn't notice. I don't care. I'm not going to no. not going to gossip about this. See, that's why Seven and Harry were meant to be together, because even Seven is starting to do a little gossip action here. And that's Harry's, that's, that's Harry's, Harry's game. Harry's Harry knows totally everything was going on the ship. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. So we go to the mess hall. Yeah. And Neelix hands him some food and he explains all these great, delicious foods mm -hmm. that he's prepared. Carrots, and, pudding, you name yeah, it. It's all yeah. on that, that little plate. Mm -hmm. Basically, yeah. And basically they sit down to have a meal and she's going to tell Chakotay the story. And she right. says that she was in love with him, but he was in love with her too. So this is new. Yeah, that's news. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now it's not just that she met him before and was, she was in love he fell in love too. Right. And she tells the story of what happened that she was on the ship for two days yeah. undetected. Yeah. She was a bounty hunter trying to find, you know, track down a tracer, trying to track down someone who had, who had left their, their home world, home world. Yeah. yeah. But then we her cloak malfunctions. We have a flashback scene yeah, in Cargo Bay too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Kellen is hunting for the runaway and it's uh, her, her cloak sort of just, Fritz is off, and that's when the intruder alert alarm goes off. She's still kind of looking for the runaway, and then Chakotay shows up right behind her, and he's trained his phaser on her, and she yeah, turns got around. A standoff. They're yeah, both a little standing standoff, there. A little John Woo standoff here, mm -hmm. and and he says ultimately he says she she tries she tells him the truth. Yeah, and he he says if you drop your weapon uh, and explain what's going on, I'll yeah. listen. Right. And I just made a note. Chakotay is such a good listener. <laughs> he just, he's like, if you just stop pointing your gun at me, I'll listen to you. Because I'm, I'm a sensitive guy. <laughs> I just in that moment, I'll listen. <laughs> it's like sensitive. Oh, they're just, they're in love no matter what, even when they've got guns. Would he have other. said that if it wasn't Virginia Manson? I don't think if, so. If this no. person was Steph or someone from a no, prior, no, I don't, think, I don't so. think he would have listened. Okay. No. And we yeah. pop back in the mess hall. She's continuing mm. to talk. Yeah. She said that she felt an attraction immediately, even right. when they had their guns pointed, yeah. which I saw it too. I'm watching it the was scene. There. Yeah, it uh, was there. She asked, did he feel it? Did he feel that too? And he yeah. basically says, you know what? Just skip to the end. Skip to the end. Well, he shuts her down. He just shuts her down. He says, he does. you know, I have no memory of meeting you. And I certainly have no memory of feeling anything for you. And that's when she's a little hurt. She gets up yeah. off the table and she kind of goes over to the, the window and looks out at the stars. And, uh, you know, I mean, that to hear someone say, as far as I'm concerned, it never existed. It didn't yeah. exist. Nothing ever happened between us is, is hurtful. Yeah. And I just love that line where he feels a little bad. He says, look, is there anything I can do for you? And she says, can I have your pudding? 
which was like great. I love. They're both very flirty in that moment. Flirty and witty. Starfield looking out at the stars. Yeah. uh, Can I have your pudding? Yeah. And when you know, so he he says, "Can I have your pudding?" And he responds with gladly. And when I was watching this, Megan Megan was like, "Oh, is that secret talk for? (laughs) Can I have your pudding? Is 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 that is that a euphemistic way of saying that? Yes." But the ship rocks suddenly, and she falls into his arms. Yes. And a uh, moment there, a little moment there. And then it rocks again. She falls again into his yeah, arms. Yeah. Every yeah. JC shipper was like, no, 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 no don't do it. Don't but, fall. But uh, she realizes the tracers have found her. Yes. Uh, they've come for her because she's mm-hmm. run away. Now she's the one that's being chased. Right. So we cut up to the bridge. Yep. And uh, it, it appears that there are two cloaked shooters. And their mm-hmm. shots are going right through our shields. Yeah, we're, we're like, getting we damage. Yeah. We are getting damage. We can't see them. Mm-hmm. We can't find them. And their weapons are going right through our shields. So yeah. we're in trouble. Mm-hmm. And she offers to modify our deflectors. Yeah. And Janeway agrees and lets her go back to a panel and start modifying our deflectors. Actually, our sensors, just to correct our sensors, you. Sorry, sorry about that. Yeah, modify our sensors to help us detect the two cloaked yep. ships. Yeah. While she's doing that, uh, Janeway asks Chakotay, so what do we do? Do we give her up to these people that are chasing her or do we fire back and protect her? Uh, Chicote ponders for a moment and he says, protect her. Yeah. Fire back. Yeah. So Tuvok yeah. is ordered to fire on their weapon systems and boom, they run away like roaches when the lights off. turned on. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, yeah. see ya. They're gone. You know, Janeway asks her, like, we need to decide about this asylum thing. Do you really want to stay here? And she says, yes, I want to yeah. stay. And she wants access. She offers if she can have a- access to the astrometric astrometric processors, mm-hmm. she can make the modifications that helped us uh, in that short battle. She can make those permanent. Right. So Janeway agrees. And uh, yeah. off Kellen goes to uh, to modify the astrometric pot processors. Which are not in astrometrics. They're in engineering for some reason. And so. they're not even really in engineering. They're yeah, in they're in another deck to, off of, we, off we, of we, engineering. Yeah, we see them walk past engineering or into engineering, but they go onto a side hallway yeah. where they have a very intimate conversation. Yes. And Chakotay now is getting very flirty and she's very back. Flirty. And uh, <laughs> at the end of the scene where they're, talking he's finally starting to come around to maybe what she's saying is true mm-hmm. and she says uh before they head off to do their work she goes you know sometime you might be interested in hearing about our last night together i was like ew you tease ew. you oh my goodness sometimes yeah. the this like i i liked a lot of this love story but sometimes it got a little like let me tell you about things it's just got a little <laughs> creepy <laughs> It's got a little awkward and creepy. I don't know. <laughs> oh my goodness. We leave this scene and we go to the mess hall. It's it's after hours. Chakotay shows up. Neelix is there. Chakotay asks for some tea blend from Neelix. And he starts confiding in Neelix as if Neelix is his local bartender. Yep. And he says, you know, that he basically tells Neelix that he doesn't trust her. And Neelix suggests that, uh, well, maybe it's yourself that you don't trust. Mm, your own maybe feelings. You're projecting yes, your... that you're afraid of. Yes, yeah. there's some type of projection oh. going on. Yeah. yeah Who knew Neelix was our, our local, you know, he's become the counselor in a way. He's our scene, counselor. Right? Our for ship's sure. counselor. Okay. We go to Chicote's quarters from here mm-hmm. and Kellen's there. She she comes in, yeah. you know, ding, ding, dong. Yep. And she's at his, at his uh, quarters and she can't sleep either. Yeah. And she's come because she really has to know, does he believe her? Yeah. 
and mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know she's not sure maybe she should go back if he doesn't believe her yeah she cuts and, to the chase she says if you feel nothing for me i will leave and during I'll the leave. end of that speech that close-up on her yeah megan said to me look at her face and i was like yeah she's like look who do you see and i said uh virginia madsen she goes jillian anderson from x files oh, like oh yes it is the same face it's very very interesting uh yeah. thing that she pulled out there that i had no clue i didn't did not yeah, make that connection with Saul yeah whatsoever so. yeah mm-hmm. but she does say i'll go back and yeah. he thinks about it and then he says no no don't go don't go and again yeah. jc shippers died a little bit dying a little this mm-hmm. whole episode yeah i was yeah. i'm a jc shipper and i was yeah. dying i was yeah. dying so uh, there's a bit of a time jump, right? So yeah, we're, we come we're back after our break or mm-hmm. after com- commercial back mm-hmm. in the day, uh, come back and they're still there. And the scene starts with them sort of laughing. Yeah, she's uh, eating ice cream. Eating ice she cream. loves ice cream. I, mm-hmm. I made a note, Garrett. Do you remember those scenes where, you know, we'd have to start the scene with a group of people laughing and it'd be like, okay, and action. <laughs> it's so unnatural. It's so- <laughs> Yeah. Not sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I felt that I, I just something about their laugh. I was like, oh, that's one of those like, okay, and action. <laughs> that that is probably one of the most difficult things for an actor to be present and and so and to, to portray in a realistic light, you know, is to yeah. come up with this this laughter that's been going on forever. And let's let's look at the reality of the situation. <laughs> Typically, you just come in from your trailer. There might have been lighting for an hour and a half. You're still groggy from the nap you've taken in your trailer. And then yeah. you sit down there like, remember, you guys are having the time of your life. And you're supposed and to be laughing. Action. Action. <laughs> yeah, you're everybody like, does the awkward laugh. Oh, so awkward. That's how this scene started. Anyway, yeah. she's having ice cream for the first time. Right. She, uh, uh, she's worried that these tracers are not going to give up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. and Chakotay then goes... So uh, you said you were going to tell me about our last night together. And she goes, let me show you. And she said that. I was like, no, I don't want to see it. The funny funny thing is when he goes, so you're going to tell me about your last night together. As I'm watching it, I jokingly pretended to be her voice and go, let me show you. And then she said that for real. I'm like, oh, my God. She said exactly the the line that I came up with. So So I was so uncomfortable when she said, let me show you. Right. Then she goes over and she says, "Uh, I was sitting here. You were sitting there when we were drinking something. Something bubbly, she says. Mm. Something with bubbles. He goes, oh, Champagne. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said she had caught her fugitive because uh, of his idea. Uh, was it a, ma- me, a mag- Yeah, he was uh, using a magneton sweep to magneton. disrupt his polarization cloak, which is very smart of Chicote to come up with that. Clever guy. Mm-hmm. And yeah. handsome and romantic. And, and, <laughs> and romantic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. In this scene, we then have a another flashback oh, to yep. the transporter room, how they tricked Reskit. Now, this guy's name is Reskit, which then reminded me of the pilot episode where you have Kess on the Ocampan Ocom- homeworld. Right. And do you remember the scene? Like, basically, it's her and another Ocampan, and he's using his his telepathic abilities to sort of speak to her without moving his oh, mouth right? yeah, yeah, yeah. and she says toss it stop they don't have the ability to speak yeah, yeah, you know yeah. whatever and i was like wait a minute that rescue name sounds so accompanied it's so close to toss it 
Reskit, mm-hmm. Toskit. So there's a lot of kind of, you know, yeah, parallels. Crossovers. Yeah, yeah, little parallels yeah. with the Acompan race here. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they use the Neuroletic uh, emitter on the runaway to wipe out his memories of the outside world. And then Reskit is is happy to go back home. Is revealed. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we go back into uh, Chicote's quarters again yeah. out of the flashback. Then he's like, well, what happened next? And then she awkwardly starts talking her way. This is the this is the narration part that makes me like if she had just gotten up and gone over and kissed him. Yeah. But that I, you know, she's like, I got up and I walked over here and then I leaned in like this. And then I was so close to you. And then it was like all the narration. Cut the narration. Just have her do it. See, I would film a funny version of that where she's like, and then my hair fell into my eyes and I blew. I blew it out of my face. And then exactly. that's when I leaned like, towards you. The detail, it was just awkward. <laughs> but, but anyway, they To kissed. be honest, they I was kissed. okay. I was okay with the detail. Okay. It, it didn't bother me. But then they kiss. That's right. The big they smooch kiss happens. And, and then she's like, that's what happened. And then they kiss yeah. again. So, you yeah. know, he's all in now. You can, you know, you know, he's there. JC shippers are crying at this moment. It's unfair. How dare this woman, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in, ruin the mm-hmm. JC connection. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. This was mm-hmm. a very sad moment. Yeah. Um, so then we cut out to the hallway and Chicote and Tuvok are walking down. And Chicote's like, you know, she's a uh, captain, thinks she needs a job. She needs, yeah. you know, something to do. She's going to stay on the ship. Yeah. Tuvok says, well, what is she good at? And uh, Chicote says, well, she was a security operative for her people, mm. trained expert in weapons surveillance, pilot, yeah. great piloting skills. Yeah. Um, and then Tuvok goes, <laughs> Well, Mr. Neelix could use an assistant in the mess, in mess hall. hall. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, that was funny. Tuvok, Tuvok, you, you, made you a have joke. a sense of humor. Yeah. He's like, don't deny it. You have a sense of humor. Yeah. Uh, it was very funny. A little, a little Vulcan humor. But then it humor. continues. It continues. Yeah, it then Tuvok is like, it's perfectly logical. All the qualities you mentioned would help in defending Neelix against the periodic wrath of the crew. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> Tuvok is hilarious. I know. He, he, needs, really... he needs his own stand-up comedy show yes. after this. My yes, goodness. Yes, he does. Hmm. I also noticed in this scene, you know, they were walking down the hall and then they stopped. Yeah, they stopped for a minute. That's right. And then they walk some more and then they stop again. And I thought, oh, that's because their hallway set is kind of short. Yeah, they are running out of space. Yeah, they're running out of room. That's why they stopped. Yeah. Uh, we jump to Astrometrics. It's Kim, Seven, and Kellen. They're devising a strategy to protect against the Remoran proton weapons. And this, this of uh, what I f- skipped was this was the end of the corridor scene where Chakotay and Tuvok are discussing how do we protect against these proton weapons. And so mm-hmm. now uh, the suggestion is that Kellen could possibly devise oh, a strategy with Kim and Seven. And Harry is the one. Harry is the Dookie Hauser in this scene where he comes up with the idea. And the trick is to scatter the proton beams just a little bit, make it harder for them to penetrate the shields. Mm-hmm. And that we can do this by tying the baryon sensors into deflector control. So this is Harry's genius idea, which mm-hmm. Kellen's like, oh yeah, well, that sounds good. And mm-hmm. then Harry says, uh, yeah, Chicote said that you should probably join one of the security details. I recommend Beta Squad. They are yeah. the best. And then I started thinking, oh my gosh, this, this could be the spin-off series of Voyager right here. Yeah. Star Trek Voyager, Beta, Beta Squad. Squad. Yeah, there you go. I like it. She does mention Chicote, and then and then Kellen leaves. And Seven says, 
you know, I think she, uh, her fl- face went flush when you mentioned Chicote. So again, she's noticing. Right. She's noticing these things. Noticing this, but she mm-hmm. doesn't understand it. She, no. And so then Harry explains love. Which or is, I courtship, love this. courtship, not courtship. love. Courtship rituals, yes. yes. He starts explaining about dating and courtship and she's just like, why would you, why? This yeah. is a waste of time. Why Such not just procreate? Yeah, she's like, jump. isn't the outcome the same whether you have this, you know, this this little courtship dance uh, or, or not? And, she, and yes. Mary's like, yeah, it's the same. She's well, then it's irrelevant. It's ridiculous. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's very funny. It was a very funny scene. The two of you were very funny. Yeah, I liked. It. I laughed. I yeah. laughed. Did you chuckle? Did you uh, LOL? I did. Okay, I laughed good. out loud. Oh, um, so next we go to the hallway again. Walking down the hall, Kellen's headed um back towards chicote's quarters i think but yeah stopping kind of looking she's sensing something and then she's sensing but it almost at times it looked like she was being suspicious it was like wait a minute are you are you up to something you know uh, i don't know but she wasn't in the end it was that she She was sensing something and as soon as the door opened and she saw the broken vase yeah she's sure that this is a tracer yeah yeah, because she leaves her quarters to go to Chicote's quarters. Oh, that's what it is, right? Yeah. yeah. She saw the broken vase in her quarters. Yeah. And then we jump to Chicote's quarters mm-hmm. and she's telling him about the broken vase and her right. feeling she's getting. She's just, she knows that they don't give up, that they mm-hmm. would send somebody here and he's got to be on the ship mm-hmm. cloaked. And then Chicote yeah. says, you know what? We'll do the same thing. We'll do the same thing we did to Toskit. I mean, Reskit. And we're going to go ahead and Magneton sweep this guy out of here and we'll, we'll fix it. And that's when Kerneth comes appears, in appears he appears and shoots her with the weird pizza cutter tool i don't know okay. what that was okay what yeah the pizza cutter tool was funny but more funny was why didn't chakote just tackle kernet the minute yeah. he saw him before he i mean draw he a weapon hello yeah. Yeah. it took yeah. a long time long it definitely time. took a long time long long time yeah yeah uh, he shoots her with the weird gun neurolytic like emitter, yeah. the neurolytic emitter, which looks like a pizza, pizza cutter. cutter. Yeah, and uh, she collapses, and uh, and he basically says she's going to start forgetting everything now. Yeah, sad. Really so we sad. cut to sick bay, and there she is. It's sad. She is forgetting. Yeah, and she says to Chakotay, "Please don't let me forget. Don't yeah. you forget." If this when this happens to me, tell it, yeah. tell me all about us. Like remind Promise me. me that you will tell me why I'm here, you know, why we are together, yeah. all of this stuff. Remind me the way that I reminded you is what she says. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then she passes out. And she passes out. Now Chicote with a full head of steam heads right to the brig. Ooh, he's man. so oh, he's so pissed that he actually goes into the brig. Yes. Grabs grabs uh he grabs the guy and he kind of like, shakes him with no words he just yeah he's grabs like him and then he lets him go yeah he's like, uh, like if let you're me gonna grab somebody do something yeah. Yeah. with him yeah toss him or something yeah it's almost like he, he felt like you know your your, uh, your uniform is kind of wrinkled let me straighten it out for you and then yeah okay and then he let him go yeah i'll let you go and then he started talking mm-hmm. and he basically says you know how, you got to reverse this yeah and the guy's like even if i knew how to do it i wouldn't i'm not gonna tell you yeah yeah He's yeah, he's very frustrated and powerless in this Chicote, mm-hmm. and, and ultimately Chicote says, you know, maybe your society isn't so great if people want to leave. Yeah, like you know, if if you're forcing people to stay right. underground or st- stick with you, then maybe it's not so great. Yeah, and Kerneth um, shoots back with, oh, so like a couple of people out of a million leaving? Yeah, is that what you're saying? We're in Kellen's quarters. Chicote enters into her quarters. Yeah, and she doesn't recognize him. 
nope she's like have we met before yeah who are you do i know you good job uh, by virginia madsen she's completely yeah. blank in this scene she does remember about tracers that they're you know the tracers yeah uh we're after her, but she's got to go home yeah she um, said i have must i must go home i must return home and yeah. Chakotay tries he goes listen you told me this was going to happen and i'm yeah. here to remind you of yeah. what happened yeah. I had forgotten about you. You had fallen. We had fallen in love. You came back. We fell in love again. Yeah. And now. And it's crazy because they switched roles here. It's did. like, it's a total switcheroo because now he's, he's really in love and feels the love and feels their story. And she has no idea. Just I do like him. feel. Yeah. But I do feel that Chakotay didn't honor the promise that she asked of him because she says, she said to him back in sick bay, do everything that I did to remind me of this. So Chakotay yeah. should have said, and then you sat in the chair and then, <laughs> then I walked over here yes. and then I, w- I had an itch on the back of my neck. And then I, itched it and then kissed you like he didn't do that but he did he just he just said but he does say he said he couldn't i couldn't get you out of my mind and yes i was in love with you Mm -hmm. and i want you to stay now yeah i want you to stay here stay with me and she's like no i'm gonna leave yeah and uh she does say i wish we had met under different circumstances she well she also says you are handsome (laughs) remember that part she's like you are a handsome person but uh i wish we'd mess, met in different cir- circumstances but yeah. when chakotay is leaving you do see his pain which i thought wow he really played that well like he yeah. was he was hurt and he's yeah. just like and then it almost like when she says she says like when she stops him to say i wish we'd met in, in other circumstances he almost had that look of like oh, you're coming back to me oh no you're not oh, yeah. Like, yeah yeah it was sad it was a really sad moment for her it for was chakotay. sad yeah we go to the transporter room after this Mm-hmm. And Kerneth and Kellen are getting ready to leave. Chicote comes in, yeah. and Kerneth says that uh, he has planted a computer virus, just like before, just uh, like before. Mm-hmm. So there won't be any record on the ship of them, mm-hmm. and they they won't remember any of this. None none of the crew will. Yeah. Um, and he says, "I wish you both the best." Yeah. And I do love that line that Kellen has to Chicote. She says, "You're such a kind person," which is what she had said before. And then it says. She says, I won't forget that, which is hilarious because it's true. She said yeah. that before and then she said it now yeah. and she's saying she won't forget that. And that's the one thing that she's not yeah. going to forget, that yeah. he's kind. And Kellen and Kerneth beam out and then you see exterior space shot of mm-hmm. the uh, vessel kind of peeling off away from yep. Voyager. And we have a first officer's personal log, which is very rare. You don't yes. hear Chakotay's personal logs that often that uh, he feels that, yeah, maybe it's right that I forget about her, but I don't want to forget about this. And then we we now see a scene in the mess hall where Chakotay is using an old time, old timer's pen or yeah, pencil, he's writing whatever in it was. A journal. Niels comes over and says, strange to see you using those primitive writing instruments yeah yeah he's because writing in his journal i guess the the thought process is if he was to put it in a pad that that even just speaking of these people will get erased it will stay in the data well, anything in the technology if they put a virus in the computer in oh the that's right anything to do with them it'll wipe it out is what it yeah is. so yeah. it has okay. to be that makes sense. written in a journal and yeah. that won't disappear right Neelix feels bad and, and Chakotay asks the question he goes why didn't it happen again like when I told her why didn't you know why didn't she remember and Neelix gives him this advice he says you can't analyze love you can know, I read it the, I wrote yeah, the whole it. thing down oh okay. good Neelix it's says great, it's, great, it's lines. a great great line Neelix says commander I don't think you can analyze love. 
It's the greatest mystery of all. No one knows why it happens or doesn't. Love is a chance combination of elements. Any one thing might be enough to keep it from igniting a mood, glance, remark. And if we could define love, predict it, it would probably lose its power. Yeah. Awesome writing. I love yeah, that. Really, yeah, really, really well written. I yeah. love that. The very last shot in this scene, mm -hmm. this is the last scene in the episode, but the very yeah. last shot is kind of a wide shot pulling yeah. back in the mess hall with, yeah. with Chicote writing in his journal alone. Yeah. And it reminded me when I was shadowing before I started directing Jonathan Frakes, one of his pieces of advice he gave me, he said, always make sure that your very last shot of the episode is a, is a pretty shot for the, for the showrunners to have their names come up over <laughs> because they'll feel great about themselves and they'll hire you back again. And that was Frakes. And I've actually passed that advice on to people. I'm like, your very last shot, remember, you know, created yeah. by the, the creator yeah. of credits come yeah. up and the yeah. showrunners yeah. and you want to have them you feel wanna... good. So that was one of those shots. I'm like, oh, nicely done, Andrew. This is so crazy. If you think about it, I mean, you were mentored by Franks, right? And then you go yeah. off on your own career and you end up hiring Franks. It's like, it's just this sort of amazing I sort know. of like, it's you crazy. know what? You did this for me. Let me help you out now. Yeah. So I scratch, I scratch, you scratched my back. Now I'm scratching your back. So yeah. I, it's just, it's so amazing and cool yeah. that that happened. So, yeah. yeah. And that's the end of the show. Well, good. What is your theme? Do you have a theme for this episode? I'm trying to think about it right now, actually, because I I, I, I'm going to let you go first. Yeah, I have a theme, um, and it comes off of Neelix's last line, which mm. is really the theme for me was love is a mystery, mm -hmm. and figuring it all out would ruin it. So yeah, <laughs> accepting the mystery of love, that it's magic in a way, and you can't, you can't, if you defined it or analyzed it or mm -hmm. figured it all out what adds up to love if you could make it a a system yeah then it, it wouldn't it would ruin it so yeah yeah that's awesome. my thing that's a good one i'm gonna go i'm gonna i'm gonna say that uh i agree with you on that and and leave it at that i i really like that episode actually and it, it okay. broke my rule of a good episode it didn't it didn't have everybody kind of deeply involved it was mostly focused on chakotay but mm. uh for the most part but it, it had a lot of heart and i think uh i think virginia madsen was great in the episode i think the story had a lot of heart and uh, the rest of us had enough to do that i think it, it really was good i would give yeah. this i would give this a eight out of ten this episode wow. seven seven point five actually i take it back. <laughs> you just corrected yourself i'm gonna seven point five it you're gonna seven point five it um i i'm gonna give it a seven just okay. a seven flat out seven okay all right all right, all right. that's it that was really fun what, what's what's next week oh next week is the episode living witness so oh. thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the delta flyers and join us next week when robbie and i will recap and discuss living witness and for all of our patreon patrons please stay tuned for your bonus material thanks everybody mm -hmm.